It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the call for the next 60 minutes or so. We'll analyze 10 stocks plus a stock of the day and put it towards two of our expert panel for their adjudication on the particular stocks. And uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, sending through all their suggestions to us, either by email or by Twitter. Uh, be a little patient sometimes because uh, we have we can only do 10 a day, so we uh, we try and get through as many as we can, but a lot are stacking up. But uh, thanks for your company for the next hour or so. Our expert panel today, delighted to welcome Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Howard, uh, good afternoon to you. Good to see you. Yeah, good seeing you again, David, and good to be on. And Gary Glover from Novus Capital joins us as well. Yes. Gary, how are you going? Markets are booming, record highs here. And in America, it's happy days for everyone. It is. So we're yeah, going up uh, full, full steam ahead here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we're getting getting a little bit uh, a little bit vertical here, a little bit exhaustive in nature. So uh, are you getting a bit nervous? Time to get a little bit careful here. Yeah. So oh. yeah. So markets are sort of in this sort of motion there of, uh, of winding up here. Yeah. And then um, if we know anything about sort of price action and technicals, vertical markets generally don't end too right. well. Right. But the thing about vertical markets is the end can be quite enthralling as well because then you're sort of you get that motion up and then you're popping into these highs. Right. Which yep. can be can be big. So some of the juiciest part of the moves are at the end. Right. Um, but then once you're at the end, um, they're not like other markets where you get a period of consolidation and you get time to get out. Right. Vertical markets, you don't get time to get out. You you oh. really need to be. Uh, so you reckon weak. we're heading for a crash? I think we're heading for a correction. Yeah, right. and vertical markets. Oh, so you didn't use the word crash. Yeah. So correction is ten percent or more. Yeah, well, we we'll we'll give that a shake by a long shot. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, what sort of? Oh, time I frame? think the Nasdaq. You're looking at. I I personally think it'll be like a twenty to forty percent drop in the Nasdaq uh, this year. Wow. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, how would how are you reading the market? Are you are you as nervous? Well, we don't really take terribly much notice of market indexes or indices because um, we don't invest in a, in a market. We invest in individual companies that just happen to have their shares available um, for you to buy them uh, on the market. And if you're invested in a collection of say fifteen or twenty really brilliant businesses just because other people think the businesses are more brilliant than um, they thought they were a week before or two weeks before, 
doesn't mean it's a good time to sell them. I mean, if you were looking at private companies that weren't listed on the market and your private company suddenly was highly thought of by the media, for example, you wouldn't say, gosh, I should sell my company and wait for a time when I can buy it back cheaper. You'd want to own shares in the sure. best companies. Um, and uh, similarly with your house, because 50 people walk past your house and say, house prices are up, you don't say, I don't like living in my house anymore, I want to sell my house. Yeah. So we don't invest in markets in Team Invest. We invest in individual businesses where we trust the management. Yeah, but to, those, those to individual businesses, if, say there's a correction of 10% or more, will get, like happened in March, everyone sure. gets caught up in it. But sure. um, the, the, te the Team Invest philosophy is... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is you take advantage of that to average down on those um, those good companies and you ride the downturn out. Absolutely. Generally, you're not averaging down because you tend to be buying whenever the company is uh, down in price uh, and adding to it. So uh, as an example, a lot of our members bought Accent Group and um, Super Retail Group and uh, Breville and Credit Corp and companies like that in March and April last year when uh, everybody was running for the hills. So disruption is great for long-term investors. It's the most right. wonderful time. As Buffett says, you want to be greedy when others are fearful. Yeah, yeah. You still have to do some uh, selling, Howard, at some point as well. So yeah. when it's frothy and hot, because I mean, it's, that's, the, that's the thing about markets is uh, we're saying, oh, we'll, we'll buy on the dips, but if we don't cash in on the highs, yeah. How are we going to buy more in the yeah. dips if we're basically, well, you know, because really heavy. most portfolios are sort of fairly full yeah. and most people do tend to do a switch, switch out of one stock into something else that they like. Yeah. Very few will sort of sit in large portions of cash waiting and for go, And go to cash. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever, does Team yeah. Investor members ever go to cash, Howard? Um, very, very rarely. But of right. course, you're receiving cash in the form of dividends twice a year if you're invested in good, profitable businesses. And every now and then, if you've got 20 companies in your portfolio, there's bound to be one of them that management does something exceptionally dumb that we discuss in a team invest meeting and we all agree is really, really foolish. And we don't like them doing that. So you sell that. And yeah. between the dividends that you get and the occasional company that you may sell, not because of its share price, but because of bad actions by management or complete change in the uh, dynamics of that industry, um, that gives you the cash to buy whenever there's opportunity. So, you know, March, April last year, um, most of our members had cash because it was dividend time and um, there was yeah. the, the occasional company in the previous 12 months that we'd become disillusioned with a yeah. business, not the share and, price. And and also, yep, it highlights the different investing strategies too that you, you pick for your, yourself as an individual investor. Um, let's get into our uh, stock of the day. And I thought uh, we'd take a look at the big news in the in the lithium space yesterday with, uh, how do you pronounce it, Gary? Oracobra. Oracobra. Oracobra and Galaxy Resources agreeing to a proposed $4 billion merger of equals. Uh, the move will see Oracobra acquire all Galaxy shares via a scheme of arrangement with uh, Galaxy shareholders receiving um, um, 0.569 Oracobra stock for each share they held. Martin Rowley uh, named as the non-executive chair 
of the combined group and Martin Prez de Sole to be chief executive. Um, Lithium, of course, is the uh, is the the, uh, the hottest big game sector. In yeah, hottest <laughs> thing. Four billion dollar merger. Gary, it'll be the fifth biggest lithium producer in the world as a result of it. And yeah. um, you know, does it make Oracobra shares attractive well, once this goes through? Well, it's, it's kind of pretty rare that uh, when you get a sort of uh, oh, a takeover, a merger like this, where both companies go up as a yep. result of the news. So, yep. so that 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 sort of speaks a bit of volume there about um, what the market's thinking. Obviously, there's going to be it's hot segment there. Coming together is um, there's some synergies there in terms of um, able to sort of strip some costs out of the business there. Um, so it's a bit of a positive for for both companies. The, the only issue I've got here is that the sector is is very hot. Right. So it's sort of it's oftentimes you sort of see these type of events happen, you know, near the top of moves here, right, but okay. uh, at the at the at the hot pointy ends. But um, look, if you look at Galaxy there, I think. The first leg up here a couple of years ago, I think it rallied from October 15 to October 17, about two years and two months right. or something. Then it pulled back a year. But even in that two-year rally, there was two 50% declines in that rally. Wow. So there was some big <laughs> big pullbacks there. So it makes it a little bit of a high beta play. So yeah. you're going to get big swings playing these stocks. So we're only about a year and one month in from the, from the last low. So a little bit young in terms of the move. So look at that, seventy-two cents to three eighty-two for yeah. Galaxy Oracobra, dollar eighty-six to six fifty-four. Yeah, it's a big oh. move there. Yeah, so it's probably those sort of stocks there. Once you sort of see, like the last decline for Galaxy was thirty-five percent that last pullback before right. we've gone straight up here again. <laughs> so probably if we saw another pullback around that sort of 35 percent, that might be the time to be having a look at these stocks. But right. When they're on fire like this, they're a bit vertical, a bit exhaustive. Uh, I probably wouldn't touch them here, but yeah. Um, yeah, this is probably a good event for the company. Right. Yeah, nonetheless. Okay. Uh, Howard, what's your view? Yeah, well, I think always when you're looking at anything, you've got to look at the underlying businesses. And both these businesses have lost money three out of the last five years. So they've had two profitable years, three unprofitable years in the last five. So it's a bit like having a barrel and you decide if I put two um, good apples and three rotten apples in the barrel from one company and I put two rotten apples uh, or three rotten apples and two good apples in the barrel from the other company, by magic, I'm going, now going to have 10 good apples. And of course, that doesn't work. There's a lot of talk about synergies, but they operate largely in different parts of the world. One's in hard rock lithium, the other one's in um, salt lake lithium. So. Um, there's not a lot of synergies in that. Yes, it will make them a very big lithium company, which is probably a good thing um, for the shareholders. But lithium is a commodity that 15 years ago was called a rare earth. And I remember saying on television, it's only called a rare earth because it's rarely mined. It's actually not rare. There's plenty of lithium in the world. And, you know, we've gone from half a dozen lithium miners in the world 15 years ago to literally hundreds today. And um, at the moment, the lithium price is up because of batteries uh, requiring lithium. But there's so much lithium in the Earth's crust. Um, you know, if every viewer dug a hole in their, their backyard, several of the viewers would come up with uh, uh, enough lithium to warrant uh, uh, producing it if they wanted to bother. Um, so there's so much lithium around that this is a case of 
uh, in the end, it's going to be a commodity that the ups and downs of the share price will mirror the ups and downs in the price of the commodity. And there'll be more and more countries producing it and more and more companies producing it. And, you know, the share price looks terrific, like it's grown so much. But um, uh, Galaxy was over $4.40 uh, in 2018. So as Gary was saying earlier, you know, there's going to be big ups and downs. Mm. These are not businesses that team invest members would be interested in buying into because there's no way of predicting what the earnings per share will be in the future. But, um, you know, uh, and as Gary says, now is probably not the best time to be buying them. You want to be buying them when everybody says lithium's on the nose. You don't want to be buying them when everybody says lithium's up and coming and the, share, uh, the price of lithium's rising. Then it's too late. Yeah, too right. Well, maybe we should be suggesting to Kodan that they go from their uh, gold detectors to a lithium detector <laughs> for the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a good product for the future. All right, let's uh, get into the stocks that you've uh, asked us to have a look at. And uh, Howard, Peter wants a view on Ampol, uh, the former um, Caltex Australia. They're in the business of purchase, of refining, distribution and sale of petroleum products. Um, also, Jet Fuel, they recently gave market a bit of an update that uh, pushed the share price up a bit, saying... Their convenience retail network has seen like-for-like sales grow 10% and jet fuel sales remain, though, 53% lower than this time last year. And uh, with the opening up of air travel and the New Zealand bubble, hopefully that changes for them as well. Um, how, what do you think of Ampol? Yeah, uh, as a refining business, of course, it's not competitive with much, much bigger refiners elsewhere in the world. Um, the convenience stores, of course, have done well because of COVID. If you didn't really want to go into a busy shopping centre, when you filled your car up with petrol, it was easier to get a few supplies uh, in the convenience store. So that's been good for them. Who knows whether that will continue being good as here in Australia we get more relaxed going into supermarkets again and buying online as well. Um, but the company itself has had very checkered history of re return on equity up and down and ditto earnings per share. You know, they earned as much as $1.30 a share in 2012, $1.80 a share in 2015. Um, they, they lost uh, 14 cents this last year. Uh, it bounces around all over the place. So this is not for long-term investors. Um, this is for people who, who, who maybe want to trade a bit. And if you really follow the company extensively, you may be able to make some intelligent trades over time but not what Team Invest members want to do. Um, as I say, they're not competitive worldwide with the big refiners. So it's really a business that's got one part of it that's not a good business. And then the convenience stores, that is quite a good business. Um, it, it, certainly not a potential wealth winner, so no from us. Yep, Gary? Yeah, a bit like with Howard here, I must agree with that. Sort of, it's probably had a low return on equity here. So it means the stock's kind of been range bound. So I just looked at the, the technical picture here. I think the stock's sort of been caught between 23 and 31, like an $8 range for quite a period. Right. So it is, as Howard mentioned, probably more of a trading sort of stock here. So look, it does look like um, the last update was positive, so ahead of expectations. Um, I'm not sure about the, the retail recovery because that's sort of, that, that story gets bandied around every year for, yeah. uh, for Caltex <laughs> or now Ampol. <laughs> Yep. So, but it is probably down the lower end of the range, and it has just sort of come off the, off the low here. So that's probably a bit, bit, 
bit positive there. And I think everyone's sort of seeing um, some positive numbers out of the retail and some positive numbers. And, and also looking at the recovery play as well. They're probably yeah. viewing this as a bit of recovery. Yeah, so I think from a trading point of view, it's probably going to go higher here, but uh, not, not a great long-term investment here. I think I, I just view the stocks being sort of stucky between 23 and 31 for a while here. So yeah. I'd be maybe playing that type of band. But right. um, but yeah, it's look positive here in the short term, but um, probably not the long-term play. Okay. All yeah. right. Uh, thank you for that, Peter. Appreciate the uh, the suggestion of the stock. Next one, Ryan wants a uh, view on Washington H. Sol Pattinson, basically an investment company with some uh, some pretty key strategic investments in New Hope uh, Corp, uh, which is the, the coal area, TPG, Brickworks, uh, and uh, a portfolio of investments, Gary. It's sort of yeah. So Solpats has been that's diversified. Forever, yeah, it? they have yeah, been, yeah. and obviously sort and of Milner and Co. Yeah, the great track record. Um, Good management over the long term. So great yeah. management. The issue we've got here is that um, the multiple at the moment is pretty high. So yeah. we're sort of the PE is on around about thirty-four times, I think, twenty-two earnings, and that's. But but the earnings are going to jump as well from twenty-one to twenty-two. So it's sort of you know there's sort of there is a reason why it's trading on a high multiple because the earnings are going to be jumping forward here. Right. But so we're looking a bit ahead here. But again, that that multiple is pretty high considering I think it normally trades um, on average a lot less than that, even though the business can sort of shift. So it's a bit hard to sort of look at um, how it earns. But the one thing I've noticed there that um, this stock here has had like eleven drives. So if I look at the technical picture, the chart here from the I think seventeen dollar low here, basically back in early 2020, we've had sort of like 11 drives up here. So yeah. I've just sort of noticed that, you know, oftentimes when you see these sort of big moves and the last pullback was a decent one and then we've gone up, it's, to me it looks like a, what I typically call a wave four and then the last leg up on very light volume. So right. just getting, you know, just getting, going up on light volume here, very extended. So to me, I view this as pretty high risk here. I sort of think it's, um, Yep. really priced at a pretty high multiple. So pricing in a lot of the growth already for the next couple of years. So I just don't see any upside in the stock yeah. here for me, even though it's a great company being well managed, but you've got to buy them at the right price and this is not the right yeah. price here. And and you look at that, that's a, a way into a five-year high. That's right, now, a cracking, uh, cracking move, yeah. Okay. Um, Howard, what do you think of uh, Washington H. Sol Pattinson? Yeah, brilliantly run company. I mean, wonderful management who, who really treat their shareholders as fellow investors. They're heavily invested in the business themselves and they treat, but like Warren Buffett, they treat their shareholders as partners in the business and uh, really look after everybody's money extremely well. So um, return on equity has generally not been all that high and that's mainly because um, the way the uh, accounting standards require them to account for equity probably undervalues the equity somewhat dramatically because things they bought many years ago don't get revalued unless they sell them. So um, uh, low debt, always had low debt. And um, it, the, probably its biggest claim to fame is I, I think I'm correct in saying they have the longest record of increasing their dividend every year of any company that's ever existed on the ASX at some astronomical amount of time, like for 45 years or something, they haven't reduced their dividend. And for most of those, they've increased it. Um, don't quote me on the exact figures, but it's extraordinarily impressive. 
Um, and that's, again, a tribute to how conservatively well-run it is. Uh, I agree with Gary. It's probably a little bit expensive at the moment, but it is the kind of company that, you know, long-term holders can uh, put in their portfolio, buy it every time the share price goes down a fair bit, and be very, very happy that their money is looked after. But probably right at the moment, a little bit on the expensive side. But, um, you know, even if you bought it now, you may regret it when it gets a little cheaper. But if you look back in 10 years' time, you'll probably say, wow, I've done very well out of owning that business. Okay, so uh, yes, buy it now, but preferably wait for any dips into the future. Would that sum it up? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's probably. All right, Ryan, some uh, um, good analysis there from both uh, Gary and Howard. Uh, Mark wants a view on what I think uh, has been the world's most profitable airline over the last last 12 months, Alliance Aviation Services. Um, They're the uh, regional and basically the charter airline that a lot of people see it more as a mining services company because it uh, um, operates with companies on fly-in, fly-out workers all of the uh, all of the time, but it does lease its um, uh, some of its planes to some of the big airlines. I know they're doing a couple of routes uh, for Qantas. Uh, I think the Adelaide Alice Springs and Adelaide Darwin route, they've just done a recent deal. But uh, Howard, it's a, a really interesting business, isn't it? Whereas airlines around the world are either government subsidised or uh, having a horrible result at the moment, uh, Alliance has done pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the two words profitable and airlines don't actually go <laughs> together and and never have for the last 100 years. Um, and, and yet this one has made a profit every year for the nine years that it's been listed that I can see on my uh, software. So uh, that's an un- unusual feat in itself. So, yes, a profitable airline, but as you say, more mining services business, really, than an airline. That's the bulk of their business. Um, But it's obviously a very well-run business, but in a terrible sector. The problem with airlines is huge capital costs up front, and then you're hoping to fill enough bums on seats that you can make your, your flight profitable. Now, why the mining services part of it is profitable is they pretty much know well in advance how many bums they're going to have on seats. They don't have to sell them up till the last minute, hoping that enough people book. So if one wanted to own an airline, this would be it. It's return on equity. Most years passes our filters, not every year. It's sometimes been below 10%. Um, Earnings have been growing every year, and it's got low debt. So it comes closest of all the airlines to passing our filters. I don't think any Team Invest members would own it. So a no from me, but for those people who'd like to have an airline in their portfolio, this is the one. Yep. Gary? Yeah, it has been a really good good, good business here. Obviously, yeah. this share price is sort of showing that. So, Look at that. Uh, yeah, yeah so, I th- so I think we've... Uh, but the, the actual revenue line was only up about uh, 3% there, 100, oh. 155 million for the year. Net profit was up quite a bit, which which shows they're managing costs yeah. pretty well. So that was yeah. about twenty three and a half mil. Market cap's about seven forty mil. So it is getting up to around about nineteen nine and a half times. So it is getting a little bit pricey here, um, but really well managed, as Howard said there. You know, I was actually surprised actually there was that that many years of uh, um, you know sort of profit growth as well. So yeah. that's that's that's, uh, that's probably. Quite amazing, actually. So yeah, yeah. Like, they, yeah. get, they do deliver. I yeah, know. Just yeah, putting my yeah. AFL cap, uh, 
Capon when yeah. um, uh, the hubs are in place and yeah. uh, border restrictions are on, yeah. uh, all the charter flights that the teams flew in were Alliance aircraft. Yeah. Well, my concern uh, would be I'm there whether that whether that continues or not, sort of yeah. post COVID. But reading through some of the uh, like the half yearly stuff, there they they seem really confident yes. that they're going to keep their charter business pretty firm and yeah. their wet lease will improve. Yeah. So they. Yeah, they seem pretty. Po- they seem. I know. Look, there's never a CEO who's not positive, but yeah. the, the, they seem very confident that their um, the business is pretty is is going to be maintained, if not sort of improve here. So yeah, probably probably one to maybe wait for a bit of weakness, but right. just the multiples a little high at the moment. Right. Okay. All right. So wait for any weakness. Um, now Dan wants to view uh, Gary on Origin, the big energy business uh, in the. Uh, Production of natural gas, electricity generation, wholesale, retail, right across the energy provision. Dan says it's been beaten up again this week since uh, the arbitration with BPT. Um, what do you think of Origin? Yeah, so it's had a bit of a downgrade, roughly around 10%. So yeah. most of the brokers have sort of brought their valuations back 10% just of that um, regarding that decision regarding the um, oh, with Beach Petroleum there. Yeah, yeah. It literally just means they're going to be paying a higher price. Which um, I've seen that. That's the reason for yeah. that, that drop there so it has come off. at so the end. Look, it's, it's, it is a little bit of a negative there. Um, I, I just noticed sort of technically there around about that 4.15 level, that's kind of, um, there's, there's actually like a large triangle there on the on the okay. weekly chart there. Sort of go look, if you basically look for the swing lows and draw, draw a trend line, around 4.15 is a bit of a critical level. So because it got... Sort of just below that in what middle of October? Yeah, and then Is there's that a, what you, you look at. And then there's a low in March as well. Right. So if we draw a okay. trend line through all those lows. So if we, um, Gordon, can you bring up the five year? We're chart right on. For, uh, ah, yeah. see, there you can see it. So we're right on that right. sort of marker here right now. Okay. So at a bit of a critical sort of point here. So I think that that sort of chart doesn't probably show the low, probably just shows the close there, but the yeah. it did flash down a bit lower. But at a bit of a key level here, um, the thing I find interesting about Origin and also AGL, which is out of favour at the moment, is that um, when when you're in a sort of a hot um, market, which is sort of maybe looking for you know like tech stuff and, and growth, a lot of these defensives don't trade very well. Right. Um, so if you go back and look at the last period where we had a tech boom, so go back to go back to two thousand. Yeah. Um, bubble. Yeah. Yep. So AGL got to eighty five cents in yeah. in March two thousand. AGL got to four seventy five March two thousand. So those those were lows, and that was exactly the same time as the Nasdaq made a made a high. So ah. everyone was looking for the for growth. Yeah. No one wanted to go near defensive, and obviously getting beaten up pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I think Origin went up sixteen times in eight and a half years from that low. I think AGL went up four times in seven mm. years and six times in seven years. So just just interesting here that these stocks are really out of favour at the moment, getting getting belted up, uh, almost coinciding with a vertical move right. in the Nasdaq. Right. So yeah. So does that attract you to them? That 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 tells me here it could be from a from a cycle point of view, these stocks are really unloved here, getting 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 pretty cheap here, pretty right. out of favour. So, but a technical picture just tells me I want to see how it trades around four fifteen because right. breaks four fifteen, it might come back and retest the low before we see a recovery. Right, which means you're going to come back to say 350, 360, oh, which means wow. we want to be waiting for that. So, but right. if we saw that, then that would be, I'd be, we'd be all over that personally. Right. I, okay. Yeah, just, just, just because I'm sort of uh, seeing these sort of cycles over and over again. It's also, um, but yeah, d- 
definitely that the defensives will come to the fore here right once we've done with tech okay yeah all right um how what do you think of origin uh, I, I often well, find you... with the with these companies whenever you get politicians banging on we'll cut the cost of your power bill i keep thinking well geez if you're an agl shareholder or an origin shareholder that'd be the last thing you want because cut the cost of power means putting pressure on them to cut their prices absolutely and in fact the, the reason its share price uh, graph looks so poor is not because of some technical reason. It's explained by the business. This business was earning $70, uh, 70 cents a share in 2012, and its share price was $15. It's now earning 30 cents a share, and its share price is $4. So the share price has dropped a little bit more than the earnings per share have dropped, but this is a business going backwards. And it's been going backwards for years and years and years. It's not a defensive business. And it's going backwards for the simple reason that the world's uh, desire for energy has changed. We've gone from being happy to burn dirty coal to not being happy to burn dirty coal. We don't want to have nuclear. We uh, are ambivalent about gas. Um, we want to magically have all sorts of energy as cheap as possible, beaten up by the politicians, as you say, David, if they don't. And at the same time, um, we have no idea what, what energy prices are going to be in five years' time or even how we'll be developing most of our energy. How could we have a positive view about a company that's in this kind of a business? And that's exactly what's happened. Its sales have been going down. Its profits have been going down faster than its sales. And hardly surprising, its share price is going down. It's been a slow burn capital killer and the likelihood is it'll carry on being a slow burn capital killer um, for the next 10 years, uh, as it's done for the last 10 years. So a definite no from a team invest perspective. Okay. You wouldn't want to be in a business like this. OK. All right. Something a bit related. Um, Steve wants a view on Spark infrastructure and how this uh, doesn't produce any energy, but actually carries uh, electricity, doesn't it, on its... Uh, on its um, on the poles and wires, basically, it owns the poles and wires of electricity networks. Yeah, and um, New Zealand's uh, policies have been a little bit more uh, stable, so a little easier to understand. But the problem too is that are we going to have as much energy carried on poles and wires, or are more and more people going to be generating? energy within their own little community or on their own roof. Mm. And that seems to be the direction it's going. And again, you know, this company at least has had steadily growing earnings per share. They've been growing pretty slowly, about 3% a year, so roughly at the rate of inflation. But earnings have grown from, uh, you know, 12 cents to 20 cents over a 10 year period. And therefore, not surprisingly, their share prices uh, gone up by a roughly similar per percentage, in fact, slightly more than that, from a dollar fifty to about four dollars uh, today, uh, over the same period of time. So it's got quite decent return on equity. Um, in fact, pretty good return on equity. A little bit more debt than we like to see, but I suppose being a largely infrastructure type company that's not as serious as it would otherwise look, uh, but doesn't pass our filters. Earnings have been growing, so. Um, you know, it looks a lot better than Origin Energy. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, with its high levels of debt, it would be a no from Team Invest members. But all of the other metrics look quite good. Right. Okay. 
Gary, what do you think of yeah, that? Yeah, so the return on capital has been pretty steady between sort of 13 and 19% each year. So pretty much sort of come up trumps for the last decade there. It's um, the problem we've got at the moment with this stock here is if we look at uh, earnings for 21 and 22, they're pretty, they're obviously going to be up slightly here, but not, nothing, nothing to write home about. But um, we're on about 20.3 times current earnings and almost uh, or 19 and a half sort of next year. So right. if you look at the 10 year average, we've basically, we've, we've traditionally traded between 10 and 19 times the sort of average yep. of the stock. So we're sitting at 20 at the moment. So so we're sitting outside of the 10 year band. So, right. so considering the, the stock that's had pretty sort of constant sort of uh, you know, similar earnings sort of growth, yeah. uh, it's expensive there when you look at it from a 10 year point of view. So right. even though it has pulled back a little bit in price, it still looks pretty pricey here. Okay. So um, I, I'd be wanting to see it a lot lower than this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's go through our uh, first five stocks that uh, the guys have had a look at today that you've uh, sent in and poll a no from both. Um, Washington sold Patterson. Um, uh, Howard would like to wait for the dip, but loves the business. And um, even if you bought it now, you'll be ahead in, in five years' time. A no from Gary. Alliance Aviation, um, from Howard's point of view, if um, uh, airline stocks are horrible things to invest in, but if you were going to invest in an airline, uh, this would be it, but not one that would, um, airlines just don't appeal to team invest um, uh, members and investors. Uh, Gary says, uh, would wait for a dip in the share price because it's had a good run up, then it will get interesting. Um, Origin, a no from Howard. Gary saying it's a really critical point on the charts here. If it drops below $4.15, it could go even further down and then would become so ugly um, that it would attract his attention, uh, basically as an investment and spark infrastructure, a no from both. Uh, here on the call, of course, we have our own, we've been tracking our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner, Trade. All the stocks that get two thumbs up or a buy from both our experts on the panel goes into the portfolio. If the stock comes up again and doesn't get um, a buy, um, then it comes out of it. So if we take a look at how we've been tracking uh, for the last week, up 2% for the month, up 5.5%. And for the year to date, up 31.25% since the 1st of July. Some of the stocks recently added uh, Globe, CSL, Alcidian, uh, National Tire and Wheel and Car Sales. And I notice uh, Dusk, um, the candle maker, um, I remember went in about two weeks ago. Since I was reading the financial review today, the share price is up 15%. So that's been a good one in the portfolio. Uh, some of the stocks are removed, ALE, Property Group, Webjet and Premier Investments. If you want to take a look at all the stocks in the Calls Fantasy portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And uh, make sure you join us a little later on. Andrew Alcock from uh, Hub24, fresh off the company's quarterly results, We'll be talking to the team at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't catch that live, you can always catch up on the website. All right, um, let's kick off our final five stocks for the hour. And Howard Dillon wants a view on Telstra, the uh, giant telecommunications group here in Australia. 
Yeah, Telstra, unfortunately, has been a slow burn capital killer, very slowly, but it's been over something like 20 years that's been the case. And the reason is that its earnings per share have been gradually drifting downwards over time as more and more smaller companies um, take all the best crumbs off the table and compete in all the areas that the margins were the best um, without necessarily competing where the margins were the worst. So, you know, over the last uh, 10 years, their earnings per share have gone down from about 30 cents a share to 18 cents a share, um, exactly the reverse direction of what you would you would like, uh, particularly if you add in a bit of inflation too. So including inflation, it's, it's roughly halved in real terms. And not surprising, the share prices is also, you would have thought, come down. But in actual fact, the share price is roughly where it was uh, 10 years ago. So uh, that makes it even more expensive than it would otherwise look, because if the, sh- if the earnings are down by but under half, but uh, somewhere between, the, you know, around about 40 percent probably, and at the same time, the share price hasn't drifted down, um, it suggests it's going to. And it's very hard to see how this company is ever going to be hugely successful. People switch from one carrier to another very easily nowadays. Um, They're always looking for the best deal. And all the carriers have to provide more and more and more data and more and more and more minutes of time for less and less money. Uh, It's a terrible business to be in where you've got to keep giving your customer more of your product for less money. And you have to constantly, therefore, be trying to get your costs lower and lower and lower and lower. So um, not a business um, any of us would get enthusiastic about. And uh, uh, as I say, it's been a slow burn capital killer for, Mm. I said, 15 Mm. years. I think it's at least 20. All right. Uh, Gary, what do you think of Telstra? I must admit, we've had some people on the call and some of the experts the last couple of weeks actually getting attracted to the telco market at the moment and thinking it's sort of rationalising out pretty well and Telstra maybe getting its act together. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I was getting it together. I think, I think what the thing here with Telstra is there's there's actually an exit strategy coming. That's the way I view it. So, um, so the end of uh, this year, they're going to be breaking up. The plan is to break up Telstra into, okay. um, uh, into, into three different parts here. Yep. So that by doing that, that's, that's usually going to extract a bit of value from that, and that'll be positive for shares. Obviously, they'll, as, as Howard you know, quite rightly points out here, the, the, the history of the company has been pretty poor. Yep. Um, maybe breaking it up, there'll be you know, one or two of the yeah. businesses might do better. Because you know, they're like, going to bro- basically break up to the poles and wires, aren't they? Yeah, it's and different components. Mobile so, yeah, yeah. so what that does harder. is I, I think oftentimes when you see, you know, from, from my experience in the markets there, when you're sort of seeing companies um, um, sort of split up, if yeah. you, usually those two companies are worth more than the one previously. Right. Okay. Um, so you extract a bit of value. So my view is I've been telling my clients is that who's still holding Telstra is that that's going to be your exit strategy. Ah, so, so once, hold on. So once we sort of, once this occurs and then everyone gets excited about the company breaking up and extractions there, then they're going to be able to possibly get back to maybe it's 380, maybe it's near $4 there. Right. I think the stock goes high here on that basis. Okay. Um, and look, this, Positive commentary around the sector, as you yep. rightly say as well. Um, technical picture looks pretty positive, but I think this is going to be a uh, for me personally. A lot of clients who have sort of been up and down here. Look, uh, clients have been sort of wedded to the yield here, yep. and now the the yield has sort of uh, slid away in recent years. I've noticed some clients are less wedded to it. Um, 
so my view is for them, you know, really, if it gets near four dollars, I'd be exiting this position. Right. Well and okay. truly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Would you be buying though at these levels, or are you talking for people who have been in there yeah. and ridden the stock? Yeah. No. You, you I wouldn't get in as a no. new investor. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Julia, um, Gary wants a view on Adairs, the uh, homewares and home furnishing retailer across Australia and uh, and New Zealand, both online and has the stores as well. Uh, during COVID, did pretty well. Yep, so the revenue line was up 35%. Yeah. Net profit was up three times, so uh, 43 million on that 243 million revenue, which is a pretty good uh, net profit margin. Yep. Um, dividend up as well. Online up 66% for the first uh, seven weeks of second half. So looks like sales are pretty strong. It's just, just whether this momentum can continue on. That's yeah. the, the big question there. Um, I think, the, look, the multiples are around about uh, just under 12 times. It's not expensive. Yeah. Yields no. over sort of five It's been around forever, hasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. It was all, always regarded yeah. as, as a pretty conservative, almost old-fashioned type of business. But uh, yeah. Uh, they really turned it around. Yeah, the only issue here is that I think the so forecasting what forty three point nine million uh, earnings for twenty one, and I think it's only going to be about thirty six point two for twenty two. So we're going to see a little bit of a drop off in right. earnings here. Yep. So, but yeah, just what all this sort of change means there. But look, good business, not expensive, but I don't. I actually do not like the technical picture. It's had a really Fantastic run, and then we've started to overlap like a what I refer to as a, like a broadening type of top here. Yeah. So we started to see a bit of volatility at 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 the top here. So just tells me to sit back, but yeah, you know, the numbers don't don't make it expensive here. And mm. in, in a market where most things are very expensive, yeah, it, it doesn't look too bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Howard. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because um, the. Retail overall has been affected as one would expect out of COVID. The weakest businesses have really, really done badly. And the best businesses have done extraordinarily well. The ones who've been smart run by good management and have been able to uh, use the opportunity to sell more online and to think about what they're doing have done incredibly well. You've only got to think of several of them, Accent Group, Super Retail Group, Nick Scarly, Adairs, um, there's a bunch of them that have done incredibly well. Now, of course, if lots of their competitors eventually go broke, and some already have, um, some retailers going broke, that's even better for them. And um, their metrics all look terrific. Uh, return on equity since they've listed, they've only been listed a short period, but return on equity has been for the five years over 20% per year. Um, earnings have been growing rapidly. And they've got little debt other than on the leases that they've signed, which uh, uh, is, is not as worrying debt as other debt. So the metrics all look good. Um, added to that, you know, uh, people worry about uh, market forecasts. So the forecasted earnings for 2022 uh, are lower than for 2021. But 85% of market forecasts by analysts are materially wrong. So I don't think we should worry about that. The company itself isn't forecasting that earnings in 2022 will be lower than in 2021. They're forecasting that they'll continue growing, as far as I remember. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, overall, as Gary says, it's not expensive. And what tends to happen uh, when something like COVID disrupts something, as it did with retail, all retailers get clobbered. 
But of course, that's foolish. The best run retailers do wonderfully well whenever there's any form of disruption and their competitors who are the worst run go out of business or uh, even if yeah. they don't go out of business, yeah. do very poorly. So, yeah, it looks very good to me. It's not a company I've ever researched in any great depth, but everything I'm seeing here looks terrific. And it's the sort of company that Team Invest members would normally get enthused about, but we haven't covered it in any Team Invest meeting to this to this stage. Okay, all right. We'll put you down as a hold for that, Howard. How's that? You can put me down as a yes, I think. Uh, a yes, okay. All right. Um, now, Jess wants a view on Ray's Invest, Howard. Now, this is the old Acorns, isn't it? Uh, that was renamed there. It's a, a mobile app for uh, micro-investing. Um, have websites here in Australia, Indonesia and Malaysia. Yeah, and um, it sounds like a wonderful idea, but it's never made any money. Um, it's been losing quite a lot of money. In fact, it's uh, got a negative return on equity of 26.5%, 36.5%, 14.5% over the three years. So a good idea, terrible business. Clearly the management so far haven't demonstrated any ability to make a profit. So on that basis, a definite no from us. Right. Gary? Yeah, so the, the losses are big. So I think uh, funds under management, 600 mil. Revenue only like 4.7 mil. And the loss was around about 2.9 mil. And that was just for the half. Right. So fairly large loss considering the revenue line. So yep. it's got a long way to go before it's going to make some money. Um, interesting thing is the price action on this stock here actually is really interesting because it's um, from that sort of move from 90 cents up to $2 there, it was just some massive volume. So some really, um, right. you know, some heavy accumulation taking place there. So market's getting excited about something here with the stock here. Um, but yeah, so... With Howard here, I'll just be a little bit um, careful there. I just think the numbers don't match up here at the moment. It's really going to have to get some sort of scale first before. Um, yeah, and at the moment, we're, we're a long way from that. So it really yeah. needs to sort of uh, grow substantially before I, before I look at it. So, okay. Yeah. All right. I know on that. Um, Gary Ashley wants a view on Brambles, the, uh, the big logistics group, famous for its chip pallet, which everyone would know, the wooden crate things that... Uh, put stuff on and move yeah. around the world. What a brilliant invention that was. You know, <laughs> when you see that yeah. and you go, bloody hell, who invented, came up with that idea that actually revolutionised transport, didn't it? Yeah, and it's been it's an amazing. old method. It's been in place for a long, long time as well. Yes. So hasn't um, haven't had to innovate too much as well to, no. to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to stay there. Look, interesting business here. I'm surprised actually it's not higher. Just obviously being that sort of logistics yeah. movement, just, just because that's obviously been the big area of growth here at the moment. So I notice the PE is around about 16, which historically is probably right in the middle of where they've sort of traded for the last right. decade. So it's yeah. not it's not cheap or not expensive there. Looking at the price action there, you can actually sort of see that the, the price action is tightening up here. So look at the sort of weekly picture. The ranges are getting tighter and tighter and tighter here. So the Price action sort of congesting here, so that tells me that uh, there'll be some sort of break here out of right. that congestion at some stage there. But look, it's solid business there, been a, been a solid business over time. Um, return on equity has been okay without being great. There's been some really good years in there, and there's some been, yeah. some, been some pretty average years as well. So yeah. look, just kind of sitting mid mid range for me. It's, for me, I'm just going to probably just having a look at that price action on the technical picture there. 
just tells me to sort of watch watch this one here for the next sort of month or so. Okay. Um, but I'm surprised this hasn't gone higher personally. Mm -hmm. I think considering where the market is and how buoyant the sector is, the stock should be doing a bit better. Yeah, I'm okay. surprised it's not higher. Yeah. Uh, Howard, what do you think of Brambles? Yeah, I mean, it's got good return on equity. There are less than 100 companies on the stock exchange that have got return on equity as, as good as this, uh, generally um, from mid-teens to occasionally a bit over 20%. Um, uh, debt's a little higher than we would accept in team invest, uh, debt to equity, but not a lot. Um, and as you say, a remarkably simple invention that's transformed the world of logistics. Um, but earnings per share has really gone nowhere over 10 years. You know, the earnings per share has been pretty flat um, for 10 years. Uh, and over the last five years, has been very fractionally down on average, although picked up in the last little while. So, you know, uh, as Gary says, the, the share price looks a little on the lowish side compared to its historic uh, PE ratio. But having said that, when you consider the company is not really growing its earnings much, um, to be on a PE ratio of high teens when you're not growing your earnings is really a function of interest rates being that low, not really the company doing all that well. So a no from us, but uh, it's, it's, it's not a bad business, but there's so many better places that you could put your money, so a no. Okay, fair enough. Um, our final stock, Howard, Alex wants a view on American Pacific bull rates. Now, I had to look up what bore rates were uh, to start with. And it's sort of um, linked to lithium, isn't it? Uh, boric acid gypsum. Uh, it's used in specialty fertilizers and back into the high-tech electric vehicles. So it's sort of got... And even space shuttles, uh, part of the reading I had, they uh, are developing a uh, facility in, in the United States. They're looking at listing on the NASDAQ. Uh, coming up, and they seem to be restructuring their management and looking for a better board to take the company further. So there's a bit of action there. What do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it all sounds quite interesting. I mean, boron is another one of the elements and uh, not that far in the periodic table from lithium. Um, and uh, they, they do have a lithium resource as well. But they haven't demonstrated an ability to make a profit. So it sounds like a nice story. And the fact that they're going to get listed perhaps on NASDAQ sounds like a good way for them to raise some extra money to dig more holes, do more exploration and see if they can put together a production facility. But, um, you know, so far, management has not demonstrated an ability to run a company profitably. So until we know who the new management's going to be and have they demonstrated an ability to make a profit, um, it wouldn't be of any interest to any yeah. team invest members. So a definite no from us. Yeah, but Gary, you look at look at that twelve month chart going from nineteen cents to a dollar ninety one. Chart's been sort of uh, quite phenomenal there. So big yeah. move. So there's about eleven drives in there. So uh, it's very rare to see uh, to go past thirteen drives without having a fairly large correction there. Right. So we're getting to the high risk sort of stage here. Oh. We've also got what we what I refer to, see that little one, two, three peaks at the top there as well? Yes, yes. A, a lot of lot of topping patterns, we call like a broadening top, has a similar appearance to that. And we haven't, we haven't got the volume there, but if we look at the chart going up, the volume would be doing exactly the, the opposite. The right. volume's been going down. So we're getting fewer and fewer people participating in You're the rally. Interested. Um, right. We're getting volatility at the top here. Right. Um, so this is probably one of the more bearish technical patterns you'll see. Mm. And 
So I consider this to be, I think there's a, my view is here, there might be one little last push in this, but this stock's got potential to drop maybe 20 to 50% from here. I think there's some risk here in wow. the stock here. You, just, you see this classic hot sector, run hot, have these, yep. you know, these sort of uh, seven to 11, maybe 13 drives, yep. but then you get the big corrections. And we've seen it with Galaxy, I mentioned, the yep. two 50% drops in price. Yep. That was part of the, of the, that was part of the, the bull market for two years. So yep. these stocks, when they pull back, they can pull back pretty fierce. So, right. um, so, so, so you're not only saying don't get into it, you're saying if you are in it, yep. then I'd be tightening, maybe start, starting to sell off. I'd be tightening my stop up here for sure. So right. yeah, so stocks like this, when they get to the end of the move, they can can still maybe maybe pop for one more drive. Right. But there'd be a line in the sand here where if it goes below a certain level, mm. takes out the last low, maybe. Might even be for me. I use the 50-day moving average all the time. Right. If I saw it break below that, I'd be out. Out of it. So, okay. Yeah. All right, Alex. Some really definite pointers there for you on uh, American Pacific bore rates. A really good discussion on that, and and um, which is why you know everyone looks at investing. All the professionals have different ways and different combinations of assessing things. It's always great to have Gary on board to. Uh, I learn a lot from him on how to interpret those charts. I think it's fascinating as well, as well as looking at the fundamentals of the, the business like, like Howard does. So it's a great combination. Uh, let's uh, just recap the uh, the final five stocks. Telstra, a no from both. Um, a yes from Howard on a on a dares, a no from uh, from Gary. Ray's a no from both. Uh, Bramble's a no from Howard. Um, likes the company, says it's well run. Um, it's getting to a level where, where Gary's going to be watching it over the next month or so. And for American Pacific, bore eight to no from Howard. And uh, from Gary's point of view, a no as well. And if you're in it, um, start looking at maybe selling out of it because uh, the charts are showing it's getting into a high-risk area. Um, Howard Coleman from uh, Team Invest. Howard, great to see you. Enjoy the rest of the week. Appreciate your time today and Thanks. joining us. Good to be on. Here on Bye. Uh, and Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Always great to have you aboard, yeah. mate. Good Thanks to see so. you. Oh, how did you go when you... Have you done your marathon yet? Yeah, did that uh, oh, yeah, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I finished about uh, mid-range. So, yeah, that's good. Happy with oh, that. Three and, a, three and a half hours. So, Excellent. not too bad. So, have yeah. you targeted another one? Uh, I'm going to do a bigger one this time. Yeah. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a machine. (laughs) All right, that's it for us for the show today. If you uh, have got any stocks you want us to take a look at, um, click us an email on the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Reminder, all the stocks in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And don't forget, if you want to catch up at the end of the day on everything that's happened on the markets and business, uh, subscribe to the Ausbiz newsletter. You get Scuddy's view, uh, the CO, a link to the COB podcast, a uh, link to all the most popular videos and interviews during the day. Subscribe, ausbiz.co forward slash COB. Startup Daily Show at uh, 2 p.m. Looking at all the founders and venture capitalists involved in the, the private equity market, the unlisted company market, the scale-ups and the startups. Um, amongst uh, an array of guests today, uh, Heather Morrison, the Chief Executive of Handy, uh, will be joining the team as she starts her $500,000 raise to bring her disabled sex tech product to market. That's coming up on the Startup Daily Show at 2pm. So a lot happening for the rest of the afternoon. 
We'll be back after this. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.